everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coffee with Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. Today I want to look at one of the fathers of, of our faith, uh, one of the receivers of covenants. And what I want to do is I want to have a look at the role a detour played in his life. All of us go through detours. You've gone through a detour. I've gone through a detour. Not just on the road, but in life. And so today the title of the message is The Power of the Detour. And what I'm going to be asking is what do detours do in our life? If you're new to our podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And, and what we do each week is we spend 15, 20 minutes together in this podcast where over a cup of coffee or tea or hot chocolate, whatever you want, uh, we just talk about how we can follow Jesus, how we can live like Jesus more. And as we do that, as we reflect him to our world around us, how we can glorify him more. So subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're on, and let's dive into today's session. Again, the title for the message is The Power of the Detour. In order to unpack this, we're going to cover quite a broad piece of scripture. And if you want to, I would encourage you to read Genesis 28 all the way through to Genesis 31, those four chapters. In order to do this, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit about what happens in each of these chapters. In Genesis 28, we see Jacob is sent from his home on a mission to find a wife, uh, and, and he's sent by his father. He is sent to Laban on a simple errand. He's simply going to find a wife and then continue on the journey to becoming a carrier of covenant in the promised land. And so the start of this story, the start of this journey is simply a mission. Go, find a wife, and come back. That was all he was called to do. Then in Genesis 29, a number of things happen. Jacob falls for the beautiful Rachel. He sees her. He's infatuated with her. He falls for her. And lo and behold, Rachel is one of Laban's daughters. And so Jacob agrees to work for seven years for Rachel's hand in marriage. It's amazing what we will do when we're in love. It's amazing what lengths we will go to when we are in love. Then also in Genesis 29, Jacob is tricked and he marries the older sister, Leah, who is described as having weak eyes. She is not as attractive. She is the, the one who the father has to manipulate situations just to get her to be married. Then Jacob works another seven years for Rachel. And so at the end of Genesis 29, we kind of see Jacob with two wives. He's been working for Laban for, for well over a decade. Then in Genesis 30, we see a description of Jacob's sons and how he prospers in Laban's, Laban's field, even when obstacles arise. And so we see him prosper in terms of his flocks and all these kind of things. So it's been a journey, right? It's been a journey. Genesis 28, he goes on a simple mission. And then through the next two chapters, we see a, a, a detour happen. He, he has a detour and he stays in a place that he wasn't ever meant to stay. Then in Genesis 31, verse 41, we read these words. He's talking, Jacob is talking to Laban here, and it says this, these 20 years, a 20-year detour, these 20 years I have been in your house. I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages 10 times. Now, we're just going to look at that verse for a moment. During a 20-year period, Jacob marries twice, has numerous children, grows in possessions. A short-term mission, finding a wife, sounds simple turned into a 20-year detour. Think about that for a moment. Where in your life did you think something was going to be super simple, it was going to be straightforward, but it turned into a detour that took so much longer than you or anyone else anticipated? 
out of this, I want to unpack the power of the detour. In other words, what can a detour do for us and in us apart from just frustrate us? Because we know detours are frustrating. And so we're going to have a look at a couple of things. Number one, detours deal with dysfunctions. Let that sink, sink in. Detours deal with dysfunctions. Jacob left his home on a mission to find a wife. But when he left his home, he was a deceiver and a manipulator. He had hijacked his brother's birthright through manipulation and lying. He had learned from his mother how to twist the truth so that he benefited. He took advantage of his father's failing eyesight. This is not the man who you would look to as a role model. But when he starts his journey, he, he was marked, he was defined by deception and manipulation. He was in all ways a deceiver. Then he encounters Laban and goes through a 20-year detour where, and, and hear this, he's tricked into marrying the wrong sister. He is manipulated into working for 20 years. Over and over, the agreement between him and Laban changes. In a very real way, Jacob learns what it feels like to be on the receiving end of deception and manipulation. Detours have a way of doing this to us. Detours can make us come face to face with our dysfunction and ask the question, what are you going to do about it? Detours often challenge us to stop doing the things we've always done. Detours provide us opportunities that normal day-to-day -day living can never do. In the detour, we are challenged to deal with our dysfunction in a way that is impossible when we are pursuing the promised land. Think about it. Jacob had to have a detour where the promised land was no longer front and center in his mind in order to deal with the manipulation and, and deceit in his heart. Detours can help us come face to face with a number of things. Self-reliance, obsession with money, socially accepted addictions, fame, all these things. The detours of our life can make us come face to face with the very things that are twisting and corrupting our heart. And there are so many dysfunctions that, that we can learn to live with. Think about that. We can learn to live with our own dysfunctions en route to the promise. And sometimes God will orchestrate a divine detour in order to help us heal from and deal with what might hinder us in the promise. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes God will orchestrate a divine detour in order to help us heal from and deal with what might hinder us in the promise. So number one, detours deal with dysfunctions. Number two, detours develop discipline. There's just so many D's in this today. Now, we don't want to have to, we, we don't like going on a detour and we don't like discipline. In fact, all of us, if we think about it, all of us are disciplined in some way, shape or form. All of us are disciplined to what we hope. All of us have certain disciplines we practice over and over. But what detours do is they provide an opportunity for us to evaluate our current disciplines and a space to develop new ones. When we're running in the normal, normalcy of everyday life, we can go through the motions and do what needs to be done to get through the day. Our disciplines can go unchallenged. In the detour, though, the disciplines that went unnoticed in the day-to-day -day come into light and we can acknowledge which disciplines we lack. In the detour, we are faced with how we spend and how we save. In the detour, we are asked whether our devotional time is enough and or correct. In the detour, we are asked whether our relationships need more work. 
in the detour, we are challenged with our health disciplines. Do we eat right? Do we exercise? And in the detour, we come face to face with the mental disciplines we have. Often, it's in the detour when people start to exercise new habits. They start to discover how important tithing and saving is. They, they discover how important worship and God's word is, not just on Sundays, but every day. Often it's in the detour where we discover the need to renew our minds according to the word of God. And often it's in the detour where we discover the need to spend more time with our spouses or children or a new vocabulary, whatever it is. Detours develop discipline. If right now you are in a detour, Perhaps ask yourself, are there disciplines that, that have gone unchecked, unchallenged? Are there disciplines we need to change? Are there disciplines we need to stop? And are there disciplines we need to develop? Because detours will highlight discipline. Third thing, so, so first two, detours deal with dysfunctions. Detours develop discipline. Thirdly, detours help define destiny. Detours define destiny. What do I mean by this? I'm not saying that detours are the things that author our, our, our destiny. That's not what I'm saying. That role belongs to God and God alone. What detours do, however, is they define us on the way to destiny. Think about Jacob for a moment. Without the detour, what would have happened? If, if, if these few chapters hadn't been part of his life, not just part of the Bible, if they hadn't been part of his life, he was, as we have already said, a deceiver and manipulator. If the mission had happened quickly, and he walked away with Rachel as his wife without a major detour, think about it. He would have entered into marriage as a deceiver and a manipulator. He would be carrying covenant as a deceiver and a manipulator. What the detour did, however, was define him in his destiny. Instead of a deceiver with a wife, he was now a husband of two wives, both with their own issues. He was a father to a growing tribe. He had learned how to serve and shepherd. He had learned of the importance of honesty and trust. He was no longer a deceiver. He was now a husband, shepherd, father. He was different as he stepped into his destiny. Detours do this. Detours have the ability to define us and shape us into the people who our destinies are calling for. Think about that. Detours have the ability to define us and shape us into the people that our destinies are calling for. Think of it like this. Many of us believe that we are here for a reason. And those of us who ascribe to a Christian worldview would say that the reason is defined by our Heavenly Father. A Christian worldview also ascribes to the notion that we are born into a sinful and broken world and nature. Sin is part of who we are. So think of those two thoughts real quick. Number one, we believe that there is a reason for our existence. But number two, we also believe that we are born into sin. If these things are true, then there is often a gap between who our destiny requires us to be and what we are born as. There is a gap between who we are and who we should be. Detours then become the divine agents for soul formation with our destinies in mind. Detours become the things that shape us by the divine providence of God into the very people that the destiny of God is calling us to. Detours can change a Jacob into an Israel. Detours can change an adopted grandson of Pharaoh into a leader of Israel in Moses. Detours can change racists into evangelists. We see this with Jonah. Detours can change persecutors into preachers. We see this with Saul. Detours change us so that we are who our destinies are calling for. Perhaps the detour you're facing 
is going to form you into the person your destiny needs. And so detours deal with dysfunction, they develop discipline, and they define destiny. They define destiny, and they define who we are in destiny. Lastly, detours distinguish disciples. Detours distinguish disciples. As a preacher, I had to keep everything in the same letter. But what do I mean by this? At the end of the 20 years, we see that Jacob is the hero and Laban is the villain of the story, if you will. When we allow the detour to do its work in us and through us, we are set apart. We are, uh, there, there is a holiness that takes hold. And people see us for who God created us to be. When we go through a detour of accusation, God can use it to display his integrity in us. When we go through the detour of doubt, God can use it to display faith in us. When we go through the detour of pain, God can use it to display his healing. When we go through detours, God can use divine detours to display his divinity. When we go through divine detours, God can use it to display his divinity. This answers the question, why would God allow those who follow him to go through detours? Why would God allow us to go through things that weren't planned, that weren't part of the, the schedule? Well, when disciples go through detours, they become a megaphone, a billboard to the world of God's goodness and glory and grace. When disciples go through the same detours as everyone else, but display God's glory in the midst of the detour, people take notice. So what am I saying? When disciples go through the same detours as everyone else, they are distinguished because of the presence of Jesus in their detour. Detours set those apart who are devoted to God, who have integrity, who are righteous and holy. So detours deal with dysfunction, they develop discipline, they define destiny, and they distinguish disciples. What is the detour ahead of you? Or what is the detour that you're in? Where in your life have you gone down an unexpected path? What simple journey has taken you years to complete? For many, the COVID pandemic was a major detour. For some, divorce is a detour. For some, bankruptcy is a detour. What is it for you? What is it that's ahead of you that threatens to change the next few years of your life or take you down a road you never planned? Whatever the detour is, can we let it deal with our dysfunctions? Can we allow it to develop the right disciplines? Can we allow it to shape us for our destiny? And can we go through it differently to everyone else? God, I pray right now for all of us who are facing detours. God, would you give us the, the faith to allow you to use the detour to work in us, to shape and form us at a soul level so that we are who you are calling us to be. God, for those who are dealing with a high level of frustration right now in the midst of their detour, God, would your peace that surpasses understanding come to rest on each and every single one. God, I pray that these detours, these divinely orchestrated moments would do stuff in and through us that we never hoped or dreamed for. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, everybody. Look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a good one. Bye.